Hello, magic makers. Thank you for joining us once again at the Metaphysical Apothecary Podcast. We are excited to talk about color magic. Color magic is one of the most practical, most common, and one of the most powerful ways to practice magic. It's also something that a lot of us do without even realizing it. So you don't even have to be a pagan or be a witch to utilize color magic. It's got a cultural element to it. It's got a psychological element to it. There's just a lot of really juicy stuff to pick through. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways in which we use color magic, color psychology, color science, and light science and frequency of color that can be applied to everyday life whether or not you choose to follow a path of magic and witchcraft a pagan path or not exactly on a scientific level color is super important because different wavelengths of light that appear to us as different colors affect our physiology in different ways infrared light for instance can help your body detoxify itself it can aid in pain relief reduce muscle tension and even uv radiation that we put the sunscreen on to keep away from our bodies, we need a little bit of that to help us produce vitamin D and other things in our bodies, like the good hormones in your brain. So light has a scientifically proven effect on how we live our lives. Psychologically, color also has a deep effect on us. If you think about the way that most office buildings or institutional buildings are decorated, very drab colors, almost universally, we all kind of sink into ourselves a little bit. It's because the color in there is kind of oppressive. When we are out in nature or we're making art, many of us start to come alive a little bit. We feel more lively. We feel more energetic. If you look in your closet, there's likely a color story going on in there, whether it was intentional or not. For instance, if you go in my closet, most of my clothing is going to be on the cool color spectrum. There's lots of blues, teals, purple colors, and there's lots of like burgundy and rust on the warm end of the spectrum of color. What I wear is subconsciously dictated by my mood that day. If I am in more of a depressed mood, then I'm more likely to wear black because black is a comfort color to me. I know technically it's a neutral, but it's more of a comfort color to me where I can kind of really sink into that. It's like sinking into a deep, dark, warm pool of water. Yes. And it's a witch's color too, heavily associated with magic. So it makes me feel powerful. But I might also put on my rust colored crochet duster cardigan because it's orange. It's a a yang color. It's happy. It's going to uplift me a little bit. And when I put it on, I actually physically smell oranges sometimes. My closet is full of dark colors and it's almost entirely black or gray with pops of color. Every now and then I lean towards black because yes, it's a neutral, but as Megan said, it's a color of comfort. It's a color of power. I associate black with being able to empower myself. There's a force of energy that when you wear black for yourself and for others, you are projecting a strength. The gray colors I wear, it's usually because comfortable. It makes me think of thunderclouds or fog Mm -hmm. where I'm just being surrounded and I'm being hugged by it or I am surrounded by a gray sea, and then the colors that I do have are flashes of color that kind of function as lightning. So I'm wearing night colors, or I'm wearing storm colors with flashes of lightning or stars. What are some of the colors that your lightning takes on? There's purple, blue, pink, green, and red. I don't have anything that's yellow, unless it's a part of a graphic on a blue shirt, and that's because it's a pineapple. I don't have any orange unless it's 
part of a kimono flower pattern. I don't mm -hmm. have those two colors. I have browns and browns are very earthy. They're very also very comfortable for me. Yeah. And I'm using those colors more as a blank canvas to allow the color that I'm going to wear with the brown to pop out. Black, I can wear entirely without color, right? I can wear entirely without color. Brown, I'm going to apply a pop of color to. It is the earth and the color I'm wearing it is the flower that's growing. That's an interesting way to put that because I feel the same way about charcoal gray. It's a comfortable color for me as well. And when I'm wearing gray, depending on my mood again, I might pair it with black because I'm just a storm cloud that day. I am in my power as a storm cloud or that's my mood and I'm embracing it. <laughs> but other times I'll take charcoal gray and I'll place flashes of bright blue. I have this one scarf that is all very tropical, bright peacocky colors. It's blue and really bright greens and it's got some streaks of purple in it and some silver. And I'll pair that with gray and just feel very in my element. Sunlight doing its prismatic thing through the water and flashing on all of those oceanic colors. There are three colors that studies have shown affect human minds relatively in the same way if they're overwhelmed with them in a negative way. And those three colors happen to be white, gray, and beige, which is the color that you normally see when you enter into an office building or used to see when you entered into an office building. Yep. They cause people to become unproductive, distracted, depressed, and just meh. There was just a lot of meh happening that ended up becoming very negative. Yeah. If I'm surrounded by all three of those colors, especially if they happen to be dingy, yes, I am definitely in that mess state of mind. Gray for me is not a meh color. It is a color that you use to pop artwork. Yep. It allows you to focus on the other colors. So I can totally see why you use gray in that way. My brown is your gray. I don't wear a lot of brown. I have yellow undertones in my skin, so it doesn't look amazing on me most of the time. Mm -hmm. The orange can really clash with your features. My auburn hair has way too many different shades of color, including ginger reds. And I also have a pink undertone. So orange and, and, and pink undertones just don't mix very well. So orange does you a disservice and doesn't allow your gorgeousness to shine through the way it needs to. And I mean, that has something to do with the way that color magic works because it's an individual practice, right? Like what you associate the color with psychologically, how do you feel in the color? Mm -hmm. Different complexions, different skin tones, different tastes will affect how the color looks on you. When I used to work in an office, I had a friend who had very dark complexion and she looked amazing in cobalt blue. Made her glow. I look awful in cobalt blue. I look sick. <laughs> so I don't love that color. Even though I wear a lot of blues, I tend toward blues that have a little bit more of an earthy thing going on or a night sky thing going on. Clothing is obviously one of the biggest ways that we use color magic, and it's psychological as much as it is energetic and magical. You are feeling under the weather, you can put green or blue or pink on. You're feeling depressed and you need comfort. We were talking about black and gray. Some people advise against, they tell you to put on a brighter, happier color to help lighten up your mood. For me, putting on a bright color actually makes me more depressed. It becomes toxic positivity, and it, I'm trying too hard. Mm -hmm. I'd rather be in my mood and experience it rather than push it away with like bright colors that are false colors at that point in time. Yeah. I just rather advertise that, listen, I'm in a black color mood, or I'm in a gray color mood. Deal with me as you will. 
right? Well, that's one of the ways that we use color magic, right? It's either to attract or repel, depending on what kind of mood we're in. People with feminine energy, shall we say, feminine of center, very often will use color as armor. We're either doing our best to tell people, hey, look, this isn't great. Stay away from me. With the grays, the neutrals, or we're trying to send a different kind of message. We may be trying to attract attention of some kind. Maybe we want to stand out at work. We're giving a presentation and we want all eyes on us, or we're going on a date. But bright colors in nature are also often a warning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of that in nature. That beautiful bright pink orange yellow color happens to be a carnivorous plant that's telling you I exude poison. Yes, that neon yellow poison dart frog could easily bring down an elephant with the equivalent of two grains of salt worth of poison. Even the bright snakes, Uh they bright for a reason. Exactly. They're venomous. When we wear bright colors, that's one way of us standing out to, we can use that to intimidate others as well. I know exactly who I am. I am showing the world exactly who I am right now. I'm revealing those bright colors. And a lot of people find that kind of confidence very intimidating and awe-inspiring even. This can also translate to makeup from the color palettes that we choose to the highlighter reflecting the light and the way that it reflects the light and even the style of makeup that we decide to wear. A lot of people these days are wearing really illustrative makeup out in public as a daily thing, especially with the pandemic quarantine, gave a lot of people license to really experiment with this sort of thing and dig deep into things that they always wanted to do, but maybe weren't able to do before because they had to appear professional. But now they're doing amazing things with their hair. They're doing things like painting dragon scales and vines into their makeup. That's all color magic combined with other kinds of magic. Glamour magic. Yes. Another way that we reflect this in society is obviously with our jewelry and that can be combined with crystal magic we most often associate the ability to flow energy through crystals with things like amethyst and quartz glass you can also do it with plastic i've had some plastic pieces that resembled carnelian acted like carnelian energetically speaking yeah the color was almost transformative it almost transmuted that plastic into something that was more crystalline in function yeah then you also have metallic energy happening if you're wearing gold or silver or platinum copper Mm -hmm. those are colors but they also allow you to tap into the noble elements of gold, silver, copper. The interesting thing about the metals too is that when you are putting your intention into how you want to use them, iron is magnetic, but it's also commonly used in armor. So while you are attracting certain things, you can allow other things to bounce off. So you can kind of use the iron as a filter in addition to that gray color being associated with storm clouds or being invisible or what have you, you can use the other element in the iron and use the, both the color and the element itself to program your intention. Yeah. An interesting way of using color magic too is your shoes. Walking in those colors can allow you to walk in whatever feeling energy you want to portray, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be wearing pink shoes and you're looking to cultivate self-love, you can wear those pink shoes with every step you take that day, you are walking a 
path of self-love. You're filtering the percussive vibration of your walking, pushes energy up through the color and into your being. That's why I often put sigils in my shoes or I'll draw them on the bottoms of my feet because I feel like the percussive energy sort of magnifies whatever magic you're trying to use. So if you want to do secret color magic, you can take everything Shannon just said and put a colored piece of paper or fabric or marking of some kind inside of your shoes. Another way of using color magic or utilizing tapping into color magic is the colors you consume. Mm -hmm. And it's both literally eating your rainbow, to quote a popular candy, or it's through the colors you consume by looking at them, yes. by being surrounded by them. So not only would you tap into color magic by wearing the colors you want to tap into, but you could tap into it by seeking out colors to eat, seeking out colors to drink, or seeking out colors to look at. Mm -hmm. And just allow that frequency, that vibrational energy, allow it to do whatever it is it's going to do for you. Yep, absolutely. This is a way that they tell you that you can heal and unblock your chakras too, right? I think we would be remiss in not at least mentioning chakras a little bit in a podcast about color magic. Yes. Consuming these colors, putting them on your body, looking at them. If you feel that one of your chakras needs some TLC, this is a good way to very gently begin to open that up because you don't want to just rip things open. That's not comfortable for anybody. <laughs> Eating a lot of salad with leafy greens in it or consuming some really brightly colored fruit like a lot of oranges because your sacral chakra could use boost, especially if there's a particular color you don't like to wear, like we were just talking about. I don't like wearing orange. If I feel like I need orange in my life for whatever reason, I'm not going to put it on my body. I'll eat oranges mm -hmm. or I'll go for pumpkin or a sweet potato. Mm -hmm. Tiger lily would be amazing for orange consumption of the eye. One of the ways that wear in my energy, whether it's my chakras or just like my mental state, that I know that something needs attention is I'll start to get eye cream things for certain colors. I do have a little bit of orange in my wardrobe, but not not a ton. And it's only mostly like that really earthy, like coppery color because I don't look good in bright orange. But during winter, I was having this crazy craving. I just wanted to look at orange stuff. I would be scrolling through my Pinterest feed and find a picture of nature that was mostly orange and I would sit there and look at that. And so what I did is I ended up nurturing that by looking up purposely images of things in nature that were orange. I changed my phone background screen to something that was orange. I consumed orange foods. And then I sat down and I thought about the sacral chakra, what orange means psychologically and what it means magically as well. It was so satisfying to pull that vibration into my body because what I ultimately needed was stimulation and energy to foster my creativity. If you find yourself looking at the sky and being like, oh my God, that shade of blue is gorgeous. And you can't look away. Start pulling blue into your life. And start thinking about what that blue means for you, because the first steps of anything is doing your research and to read what is already out there. The second step of anything is to decide what it means for you and what's the difference between what you feel that blue means and what resources, the references says that blue means. Mm -hmm. Here's the overlapping and here's the difference. 
and let me work on those things. Right. And these kinds of things would make incredibly beautiful Venn diagram entries into your grimoire. Create a Venn diagram of magic, psychology, and nature. And blue in nature is normally the color of the sky. It's the color of certain borders, but sometimes a flower. Mm -hmm. And what does those flowers represent? In nature, a blue flower is rare. Mm -hmm. You're not going to find that very many of them. So maybe the blue color that you're craving has to do with allowing your authentic and rare self to move forward and influence your decisions, your actions, and inspire the world. Exactly. And in terms of drawing that color into your life, again, you can be looking at it, you can be bathing your your body in it in terms of clothing, you can be consuming it, but also as part of your altar work. Candle magic and color magic go hand in hand a lot of the times. You burn a green candle for wealth and prosperity, you wear green for wealth and prosperity, you lay down a green tablecloth for wealth and prosperity. Uh-huh. The same thing goes with crystals. Crystal magic and color magic go hand in hand. In in general, if you pick up a green crystal, at least one of the associations or correspondences with that crystal is probably going to be about wealth and prosperity or abundance. And in terms of light therapy and light healing, green light is excellent for healing the heart, especially the front of the heart. Gail Lynn does, light therapy is her profession. She invented a chamber for doing really intensive and really effective light therapy. And she talks about using green light to heal the front of the heart and pink for the back. So if you think about it that way, this is the center of your body. This is where we grow from. Yes. Color magic, as Megan said, is one of the more popular ways of performing magic, no matter who you are. Mm -hmm. I applied color magic very intentionally. I had a relatively large apartment. I absolutely loved it. I no longer at that apartment. I'm in a different place. But I very intentionally chose colors with color magic in mind for my three rooms that I considered my, my living rooms, the places where you live and host and go about life. They're the kitchen, the dining room, and the living room. And I had this pink color, a green color, and a blue color. And I very deliberately chose those colors for those rooms and the trim with the thought of, I want to be able to socialize in my dining room and encourage people to eat everything on their plate and not leave me with leftovers. And so this apricot pink peach color became the walls of my dining room because that's where I tended to host dinner parties or I ate myself. And I'm hoping for not a lot of leftovers. Honestly, I was hoping for not a lot of leftovers. And that's part of the reason why you went there. People, according to studies, tend to eat more, consume more with warm colors surrounding them. And then the accent color, I was using a very whimsical Enchanted Meadows Green. Uh -huh. I used that deliberately as the accent because I did not want might encourage argumentative opinion. If you can sit down at my table, I want you to have conversation. I want you to consume and eat and be merry. I do not want you to argue. I feel that makes the food taste bad and it settles in your stomach badly as well. Yeah. If you're not seeing eye to eye and you refuse to acknowledge that the other person is allowed to have an opinion or the other person's refusing to allow you to have your own opinion. So I use green as the accent color because green is a color that is relatively soothing. Yeah. It's also a color that is naturally comfortable. 
we are surrounded by green in nature. And so our eyes have naturally evolved to see green as restive. Uh-huh. I use that same green as the main color in my kitchen because I did not want to overeat, especially while I was cooking in my kitchen. and allowed for that restive energy, that calm, soothing energy to be pervasive in whatever I was creating. And the accent color was a Caicos turquoise, which is one of my favorite blues in the world at this point in time. Very bright turquoise blue. And that accent color allowed me to cool whatever negative feelings that may have happened during the day when I got home from the commute. It allowed myself to cool any cravings so that way I wouldn't eat and snack on things while I was creating my dinner. Uh And then I took that same Caicos turquoise blue and added it to the walls of my living room with the peach apricot pink as the accent, because that's where I feel conversation should happen, where you can actually have a debate, where you can actually have intellectual conversation while you're having a glass of wine, a cup of tea, a mug of coffee, whatever it is that you want. You use the living room to live in. You can have arguments there, but you're also going to have that beautiful blue color that'll allow you to cool tempers. So that way you won't hold a grudge against anyone because you don't have the same opinions. And I mean, it worked. It definitely worked when Sam and I came to visit you. I think we were up until three o'clock in the morning in that living room (laughs) talking about a myriad of things. Just like we can do on this podcast and lead from one subject to another. They're totally unrelated. It was a fantastic time. And the heaviness of the furniture in your dining room really served to, in addition to that pink color, creating almost like a seashell-like comfortable area that was lively, happy. And you had that central, almost tree-like furniture in the middle creating this grounded foundation yes so color magic in our homes like if there's a room in your home or in your living space that you really don't like add new colors to it if you're not sleeping well do some color magic on your bed Mm -hmm. most of my sheets for my bed are seafoam set i have a mid-color blue set i have a dark gray set and then i have one pink and white damask pattern so the others are very soothing they're very restive they help me sleep very deeply but the pink one i use when i feel like i'm in particular need of some tlc like some Mm -hmm. personal self-love back of the heart TLC (laughs) and when I snuck down into it I just feel like this princess who's being cared for and being just courted and it really helps bring equilibrium back to my psyche and my energy when I'm feeling off you feel pampered yes I feel indulged even though I'm just sleeping on some pink sheets like that color just makes me feel as though I'm special my sheet colors are mostly gray and purple. Mm-hmm. I have a brown set and I will use that brown set when I feel I need to be grounded. Maybe this past week or something or the week before I felt that I was too cerebral or I was too lost in an astral realm or the psychic and magical topics are just like zipping in my mind left and right and center and I didn't feel all that grounded. I usually put on the brown sheets to allow myself to sink into that earth energy. Mm-hmm. It can be grounding, it can be soothing and in addition to bringing your energy up they can also bring your energy down when we're in a manic state. (laughs) Another way to kind of use color magic, if you are having that eye craving and you just can't get enough of it and you feel like you need some just really intensive color therapy, there's a 
bunch of really cool things you can do. So one of the things that you can do is they have essential oil diffusers that you can change the color of the lighting. And some of them diffuse the light through frosted glass or plastic. Put that in your bathroom, turn off the lights, turn that on, combine it with scent, combine it with water, and you can even combine it with sound and turn your entire bathroom just into a sensory therapy space, like a sensory spa, a sensory haven just for like the 20 minutes that it takes you to shower. At least it takes me 20 minutes to shower. But something else that you can do is they have lighted shower heads. You can certainly absolutely get one of those, a lamp that is meant for light therapy with the colored gels that you can slide in and out over the light. If you want just like a really super cheap and easy solution colored sunglasses tinted sunglasses so i used to have sunglasses that were blue rose colored glasses is a cliche in our society they make yellow for filtering out blue light you can get them at any color so you can have a collection of these and whatever you most you can literally paint the world in that color yeah i had blue tinted glasses as well at one point in time in my teenage years mm -hmm. we were so cool <laughs> During my teenage years, I needed a lot of blue in my life. And I consumed it, wore it, put it on my walls. It was everywhere. I needed that blue. Of course, I didn't know why I needed that blue at that point in time, but I know now that I needed it because I was trying to tap into expressing myself. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily my creativity, but myself. Speaking my truth, living my truth. And as a teenager, I was really having trouble doing that. So I was surrounding myself and consuming blue as much as I possibly could and those blue tinted glasses helped. Yeah I, I feel like that's a theme. There are a lot of teens who gravitate towards blues or grays or blacks and it's for the reasons that we've outlined in the podcast is that they're young and they're still forming and they're trying to learn how to express themselves so they're being introspective while also trying to put off a certain kind of energy. Once I got to college though I was back into my red purple game. Yes you were. I was on blue-green territory at that point. And I was definitely leaning more towards red, even if I didn't have as much red on my physical body and my clothing set. I was, I know that I was exuding red and I still am. And I get accused of this. I can be very intense and red is an intense color. Yep. And I know that whether you are my friend, especially during college, or if you were someone I was putting in your place, I was intense about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> In fact, I think fate may have brought us together at that point because we balanced each other out pretty well because I was deep in my shell, super deep in my shell. I know that you remember that, but you reached in there and you were like, nope, and like ripped me out of it. <laughs> But like I said, I was still in my blue-green phase in terms of like searching for healing and searching for ways to express myself, balanced out some of the intensity. So we learned from each other. Yeah, I know that my current color is more of a red wine burgundy. So mm -hmm. purple has definitely come into play a little bit more as I'm an adult. So another obvious but very interesting way to get the color that you need into your life or to just explore color, explore like how it makes you feel, what thing, what kinds of frequencies you might need right now, what kinds of frequencies you might want to use and how they're being used is to go for nature walks to see how nature is using these colors. Like we were talking about earlier with the poisonous animals, but also animals that maybe want to stand out for different reasons 
reasons like um who are that are sexually dimorphic Mm -hmm. where the brighter happier colors in the females are less quote-unquote impressive thinking about why that is and i know for people who live in more urban areas there are lots of interesting ways the color is including advertisements graffiti streetwear there's a lot that you can look at there. Uh, one of the great ways in urban areas that you can see what color magic is being utilized by our society, our culture, is by walking around and doing some window shopping. Mm-hmm. You can tell what our society is energetically putting off based off of what the clothes in the windows are doing. Are they bright neon colors, which was happening in the last decade? It's still there, but not as much. And well, what does that mean? And why was those bright neon colors becoming popular during that time? Now you can do retroactive understanding of the color magic that happened during that time. But now that you have a little less of it in this decade, you can start to understand, well, neon green, what does that mean as a whole? What is that doing for people? What what did we as a society need that neon green color was so prominent or that neon pink color was so prominent? Mm -hmm. And you can now walk around and go, well, you know what? It's not so much neon that's the biggest color scheme anymore. We now have more neutrals that are coming out. They're not all neutrals. We still have nice pinks and we have yellows that are out and oranges are still a big thing. But the pattern seems to be more important than the color at this point in time. I am fascinated with walking around and looking at what people are wearing, the fashion trends, and the color and pattern and shape magic that happens when you look at these people doing it. Uh I've stated in the past, I am a student of astrology. I love studying it. I am fascinated with it. And I noticed when Uranus went into Taurus, our fashion changed drastically. It wasn't just a fad change, which is what tends to happen from season to season, which is when more or less Venus changes signs. So we went from this Aries in the last decade or so where neon was very prominent. We all liked lumberjack aesthetics. There's a very energetic and fast paced vibe that comes off of those clothes. Right. We moved into Taurus and the fashion changed so that way we are now mostly wearing flower patterns. And it was at the beginning, it was almost all flower patterns with black backdrops. Yeah. So it was nightscape floral patterns and it was fascinating to see how the color was changing from this bright neon active color to the base color being black but that's something that i love doing and i can do it because i well i could do it because i was commuting in the city and new york city is very fashion forward yep the fashion pace is also very fast so i could see the change in the season i could see the change in the trend very quickly and very broadly. People change their fashion quickly. Uh It was just an an interesting way to find what our society is trying to project and what each individual is trying to project within the society's projection. Right, exactly. So again, unintentional color magic, it's something that is pervasive. And that's one of the things that makes it so powerful is because everyone uses it no matter whether they tend to or not. So everyone recognizes it as well, even if it's just subconsciously. When you go in a city setting or an urban setting and you're there's graffiti on the walls, you're going to gravitate to the graffiti that is not just tag, really. And 
the color combinations or the, the scenes are more deliberate. Yes. Color is a big part of it. You know, even if it's a black and white, it's the color combination of what they're doing and how they're doing it, the composition of that art, of the graffiti. People are gravitating towards it. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, I know of two graffiti murals that I would pass on a daily when I was commuting into the city for working in office. The first one was all bluescapes and like under the sea. And then the second one was one that was done in browns and reds. And it was... It can have a profound effect on your psyche that both the unexpected and also the mood that the colors and the composition place you in, which is why art is so prevalent and so important in our society. I remember the college near the coffee and tea room, there was that there was that empty lot that had the mural all around the inside that was all nature inspired. Yes. I don't know the exact composition of it, but it was blues and greens and pinks. And it was, you know, I was a, I was this country girl who was super like not in the city at all. <laughs> <laughs> was just like a refresher like I could feel the relief kind of wash over me the first time I saw that and it was like I could smell again my other senses were engaged and I could smell nature even though I was in the, I could smell the trees and the soil and the flowers even just for a moment. I recognize Williamsport as a city to some extent. I don't recognize it as a city that most other people would recognize it as a city so it was just a nice reminder for me when we went past that that hey we're in the middle of the the mountains we're in the middle of wooded area yeah just because you're in a town center or a city center or downtown and you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there yeah and it's interesting our our different experiences affected the way that we saw it too because i had just a thousand people <laughs> That's what we have today on Color Magic here at the Metaphysical Apothecary Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed and were inspired to look at your closets, think about your interior designs, and what you're consuming in relation to color and the energy you want to put off after listening to Megan and I discuss the different ways that we happen to enjoy using it and have noticed things in our worlds that put off the color energy and unintentional use of color magic as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. If you'd like to get in touch with us via our social media feeds on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, feel free to DM us or get in touch with us in the comments. If you would like more magical content from us, please check out our blog, which is linked in the description. And we are also on Society6 with a storefront full of sacred art based in nature. That's all we have for you today. So enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Bye.